and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Let us pray. Father, we continue to be grateful for your love, your mercy, your goodness upon our lives. Lord, we continue to look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. So speak to us this morning through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to read from Psalm 22, just portions of it because it's, uh, it's a bit lengthy psalm, but I want to read portions and make some comments from it. Psalm 22, verses 1 to 2, 16 to 18, and 22 to 24. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not ridden his face from, face from him, but he has heard when he cried to him. Now, this psalm seems offbeat from the different songs we've been reflecting upon earlier this week, coming from uh, Luke chapters 1 and 2. Uh, whether it was Mary's song, Zechariah, the angels, and Simeon. And yet our pastors deemed it fit that, uh, to include this text as part of the songs of Christmas. Okay, so I'm, that might have thrown you off uh, this morning. But the reason uh, we believe that this is, in a way, a kind of Christmas song, because it is a psalm, is because Jesus himself spoke from this psalm, at least in verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I, I believe that's familiar enough to, to many of us because that's, uh, that was Jesus' cry out of the anguish of his heart when he was hanging on that cross, uh, suffering before he died. And this is found in Mark chapter 15, verse 34. And we won't be reading it anymore. Yet, uh, yes, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. And as I mentioned, the songs that we studied or reflected upon earlier this week from Luke's 1 and 2 uh, have declared how this newborn child would do accomplish great things. One, he would bring a reversal of the order of things. Uh, this is from Mary, how he is able to bring down the mighty and exalt the, the ones who are lowly, uh, which is similar, very similar to the time of Hannah's song after, uh, after she was promised a, a child by, uh, by the Lord from, from, uh, from Eli the priest. So anyway, um, um, not from Eli the priest, sorry, but uh, at least Eli blessing him. Um, not only would he bring down the mighty, and exalt the lowly. He would also bring salvation to the Gentiles and not just the Jews, as the song in Zechariah goes. And then peace and favor uh, to those who acknowledge him, as the angels 
sang. And then finally, in Simeon's song, he would reveal the hearts of people uh, as, as they are challenged. And, uh, you know, he, he will bring about a uh, rise and fall of many. So, again, uh, just from those songs, we see Jesus accomplishing many things. Uh, God accomplished many things, rather, through the birth of uh, the Messiah. Now, um, but you'll realize ultimately, okay, and this is probably, uh, um, uh, I hope it's not a cliche, but we will realize that Jesus was born to die. Uh, ultimately, his life was going to be sacrifice for the redemption of our, of our, of our lives from sin. Now, Psalms are songs which uh, hopefully by now, I mean, we've been going through the Psalms pretty much for the last several months. These are songs composed by God's people and are really born out of their encounters with Him or in response to their experiences in living for Him. And these experiences are both good and bad. That's why they're songs of celebration. They're songs of warfare. They're songs of lament. Every experience in life that we have gone through there's actually a psalm that can bring, that can apply to our situation, uh, and and what psalms do is actually to promote, uh, as one scholar said, a dialogical relationship with God. Now that seems like a heavy word. It simply means a conversation with God, and so uh, what that's why psalms are some of the most beloved parts of scriptures because what it does, it gives it gives the worshiper, it gives you and me as his disciples a vocabulary by which we can have conversation with the Lord. And, um, and conversation in our prayers and in our worship of Him. Now, in this particular psalm, we didn't read the whole thing, but you can, as I said, read, read it uh, later on. There's actually two parts. It's a pretty long psalm. The first part is the lament part, which is verses 1 to 21, while verses 22 to 31 are a thanksgiving um, declaration. And... And the contrast between these two kinds of, of uh, declarations are so stark that commentaries have actually said, could it be possible that these are actually two different psalms joined into one? And that's understandable, isn't it? Here you have on the one hand, you know, the anguish, the cry, the pain, the suffering, and the lament of the psalmist, in this case, David, uh, who was, uh, if we study the life of David, we know he went through uh, uh, great times of difficulty and suffering and accusation and of being a fugitive. But at the same time, he had exhilarating times of being king and being exalted by the Lord. So my point is, uh, for him to experience uh, times of lament, uh, sure, that happened as we know his story, but he did also experience times of celebration and victory. And so I don't think it should be a surprise to us that in one psalm, he, can exp he was expressing both. And so, in particular, you know, when he was lamenting, he was, and you'll see this when you read the psalm, he would experience, he would cry out because of the seeming silence and the absence of God amidst the surrounding enemies, uh, and then ask, crying out for deliverance and restoration. And then in the second part, uh, he leads the congregation in declaring God's uh, goodness because of his rescuing him. And as a result, God would be glorified and posterity would serve him. Now, um, going back to the point of the first part as a lament, remember one of the things here, notice this if you read it, uh, reflect on it. Verse 16 says, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me, they have pierced my hands and my feet. 
That's familiar, isn't it? And then verse 18, they divide my garments among them and for my clothing, they cast lots. So apparently, uh, Jesus, not only Jesus, did Jesus quote from this, but the gospel writers themselves knew that this particular Psalm pointed not just to the suffering of the people of God, which is applicable to you and me, but points also to what Jesus Christ himself would experience. In fact, Luke uh, 22, 23, 34 says this, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they cast lots to divide his garments. Okay, so this is Luke writing and pointing again to, um, uh, to Psalm 22. Now, again, let's, how does this relate to Christmas, the birth of the Messiah? Well, what this, the reason this psalm is important to us is it helps us understand what Jesus did for us in the very reason that he was born. Uh, though the scholars, um, you know, there's such a thing as uh, what's called Messianic Psalms, which was a foretelling, if you will, uh, in the scriptures, what, who Christ would be, the Messiah, and what he would accomplish on behalf of his people. So I'm saying, at least as the scholars have, have said, this is not necessarily a Messianic Psalm, but the, identi uh, the, the experience, rather, of David uh, and of many of God's people. And this is also interesting. David just didn't experience this. And I'd suggest, again, read it yourself because somehow or another, you may be able to identify with that times in your life where you probably felt abandoned or experienced or being surrounded by enemies. And at the same time, when you cry out to God, you see his deliverance. So this Psalm is not just applicable to David and to us. We see ultimately Jesus himself made reference to this uh, by saying, Lord, why have you forsaken me? So he was expressing the anguish of the psalmist himself. And so what does that point to about Christ and what he did for me? I believe this points out to, um, um, uh, ultimately, when you look at what Christ did for us, what he did for us was an act of identification with everything that you and I experienced, except for one thing, as we'll know in a moment, okay? So everything that Jesus went through and ultimately in his suffering and in his death, and the wonderful thing is in his resurrection, Jesus, as I said, identified with us, with everything that we, you and I have gone through to bring about salvation into our lives. And this identification is called intercession. And it's, a, it's not a word that's used here, but I'm going to show you one more scripture to help you understand ultimately the meaning of Christmas, I believe. Because when you think about intercession, uh, uh, I'll, I'll give it um, in a moment. Uh, and, but let me, let me point out this particular text as one of the New Testament writers interpreted the suffering of Jesus. In Hebrews 5, verse 7 to 10, he says this, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. So we see Jesus crying out, okay? Uh, um, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. 
And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek uh, is a type of the high priestly role of Jesus. And what is a high priest? Okay, ultimately, a high priest is an intercessor. An, a, a high priest was a mediator. Okay, let me, let me simplify it. What is a mediator? It's a go-between between two parties. Uh, maybe a bridge, if you will. See, if you've ever been in conflict with another person, sometimes you can't seem to be reconciled to that person. What do you try to look for in order to be reconciled? You look for a bridge, isn't it? Someone who will reconcile both parties who have been alienated from each other. And that is what a high priest is. The high priest represents the people to God as a prophet, uh, conversely represents God to the people. So this is an office not just in the Old Testament, but Jesus Christ himself ultimately fulfilled his saving work, yes, as a sacrifice for sins, but as the mediator, the one who would bridge the gap between God and humans. And so... How does that relate to Christmas? We're very clear because remember, Jesus Christ became a human at Christmas. It's about the incarnation. So why did Jesus do that? So he could bridge the gap between heaven and earth. Jesus is the perfect bridge, isn't it? Or intercessor between God and humans. Why? Because he is 100% God and 100% human. Jesus is the unique person, a human, in the whole universe. Why? Because he is 100% God and 100% man. And that, again, there's not enough time just in this brief message to even help us understand the implication of such a truth. But we believe it, isn't it? That's why we celebrate Christmas. The Word becoming flesh. He became incarnate, okay? He became, he took on human, a human body, okay, which was going to be used for, to sacrifice himself at the cross. But we know ultimately his becoming human, okay, uh, was to be an intercessor. He experienced everything that you and I experienced except for one thing. He was without sin. That's why he became the perfect uh, sacrifice when he suffered and died not on behalf of himself because he did not have any sin because we know that the sin who's the, the the soul who sins is the soul who dies jesus suffered and died as our substitute because of our alienation from him in our rebellion against god and so because of christ's birth life suffering and death and resurrection ultimately he broke the wall of hostility between us and God when he took God's wrath upon us. And you know what happened because of that? He opened the door wide open for us to be reconciled to the Father uh, through the Son and by the, by the access of the Spirit so we can have unhindered fellowship with a with living God. And so, brothers and sisters, that is really what Christmas is all about, isn't it? And so, it may be, it may seem like a lament that God had forsaken Jesus. But because of who God is as the faithful a father 
in keeping in his covenant. As I said, uh, it says here, the Lord heard him. The Lord heard his cries because of his reverent submission. Isn't that amazing? That because of the son's perfect obedience, even unto death and death on a cross, the Lord exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. That's what Christmas is all about, brothers and sisters. We can confess Jesus as our Lord, as our intercessor, as our Savior. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the good news of Christmas. Lord, thank you that uh, when we reflect upon what Christ did for us, yes, in coming to earth, becoming human, experiencing the frailties of human life, and uh, living this life, Father, as unto you, and yet without sin. Father, there is certainly the hope of salvation because through your death and resurrection, we not only have had our sins forgiven, not only have we been reconciled to you, but Father, we can live a life that reflects you, that reflects your victory, that reflects your, your favor and your goodness. And even as the angel said, uh, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. We receive your favor today in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, come let us Let's go about our day and uh, let's uh, enjoy time with our family and let's enjoy the holidays. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, 
visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.